Hey everybody, you're listening to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome. And we've got an awesome episode for you today. Actually, Gons, you have an awesome episode for us today. <laughs> um, yes. I I'm actually really look forward to, to hearing this. And uh, it's just having my mind blown because you talked to Rick Wiles uh, and the fellas over there at True News. You're one yes. lucky duck. Yes. I was, uh, just so everybody knows, this was during the time that I was as sick as a dog. Actually, I was double sick. I was sick two times. Um, yes. <laughs> overlapping. And so Gans took this one. Uh, you know, I try to push through as much as I can for you guys, but it just didn't work out this time. So Gans... I think you were there in the uh, dream state. So everybody listen for Basil <laughs> in the dream state while we talk to Rick Wiles. Yes, there you go. Um, so anyways, I'm really looking forward to everybody checking this out. But before you do, I uh, just wanted to remind everybody, Canary Cry community on Facebook is over 600 members strong now. And wow. uh, yeah, it's going strong. And uh, some great conversations, a lot of great Christian memes. There are. There's been sort of this organically developing podcast club like a kind of like a book club where everybody will listen to a uh, an episode of canary cry radio and then there's discussions about it and uh, you know it just kind of helps fill the time before the next episode comes out <laughs> um although guns i gotta say i'm pretty proud of us we've had episodes out every week for the past few weeks Shh. okay say anything we're just going to move along. Oh, you don't want to jinx it? Is that we're what just it gonna, is? We're just going to keep moving forward. <laughs> we celebrate the small victories, baby. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So I hope you guys have been enjoying our our new uh, consistency, and we're going to keep keep the ball rolling as much as we can. Um, but, yes, go over to Facebook.com, search Canary Cry Community, join the group. You're not going to be disappointed. Make sure to uh, comment. Be a part of the conversation. There's all sorts of good stuff going in there and they're all canarians just like you also i know there's people out there who have not uh, checked out canary cry news talk i think we're getting in a good rhythm over there it's been over a year and uh i mean the just the the rate of things happening on this planet guns whether it's a globe whether it's a pancake or a pizza pie uh we are covering all the news stories you may not have heard and uh talking about them in a way that uh, is relevant to if you're a canarian listener to this show you're going to enjoy very much so go check out canary cry news talk it's getting to that point now the stories coming out that we're reporting the things that we warned about before we're walking into that territory it feels like we're on a ride you know and it's getting a little suspenseful you know and because it's... things are definitely uh, at least in the public eye what they're peddling is pretty pretty substantial if you didn't think the uh political world was crazy enough uh, follow the tech stuff coming out because it is pretty out there right now and it's not all about giant robots although we do love giant robots although mostly um, about 80 percent <laughs> of it is, is giant robots telling us that we have to evolve Yes, very good. We've moved on slightly from our giant robot obsession. Um, so go check that out. And thank you, everyone who's been leaving iTunes reviews and ratings. That helps out so much. I mean, it's one of the biggest ways that you can support this show is taking a second, 
going to your iTunes or whatever app that you listen to Canary Cry Radio on and leaving a rating and review. Uh, it really does trick all of the uh, AI robots into sharing our show with other people. And it's the best way to do your part in uh, making sure that the show gets out there and the truth can uh, spread in the in the most algorithmic way possible. <laughs> Yeah, no, we have some great reviews, and I, I keep them coming because um, we should do something with that, Basil. Yeah, uh, we should start reading. We should start collecting. You know, I, I just have a, a fundamental issue with, like, reading, for some reason, reading our listeners' words on the air without their permission. <laughs> it's well, but just, it's public information. It is public information, but I'm just saying it's an emotional blockage that I have. But we'll we probably overcome. do it. So if okay. you leave we'll a good, there eventually. leave a good rating and review, and uh, if it's well, it'll probably convince us to read it on the show because some of them are really funny. If nothing well, actually, else, you, just yeah. go read some of them. Yeah, and then you know, just think of inspiring Basil to read it on air. You know, that that should be <laughs> yeah. motivation to come up with some creative ways to make that happen. So there you go. <laughs> there we you should go. see some. Uh, it's Some turned into reviews. an unofficial review contest. Go yes. leave a review and <laughs> do it in a matter in a manner that inspires me to read it on the air. Okay, we got to get into this interview, Gons. Anything you yep. want to say before we jump in? Um, nope. Other than uh, you're not there, um, you're missed in the conversation. I think uh, you would have added some some interesting angles to a lot of the things that were taking place that Rick reported. But uh, it was a good conversation. So. Uh, let's jump right in before Here we, we go. on too long. Hold on to your butts. The biggest concern I have is that most people think there's no problem of a likely recession this year and maybe even early next year. Generally, when people are very happy and confident, something wrong happens. So I am nervous that the conventional wisdom is that we have no recession problems around the world. Everybody's doing quite well. As John Kenneth Galbraith, the former Harvard faculty member, famously said, the conventional wisdom is usually wrong. And it might be in this case. So what would produce a recession this year? I'm not saying will happen, but what is the thing that I most worry about? Well, I do worry that governments uh, maybe have a little bit too much debt, and maybe they, they have too much entitlement programs that they're not ultimately going to be able to honor. And at some point, people will wake up and say the U.S. government has $20 trillion of debt and unfunded liabilities that are hard to fathom they're being actually paid. But leaving that aside, and people don't worry about their while, I worry about geopolitical things that we can't anticipate. This is about black swans. So an unanticipated 9-11 uh, type event somewhere in, in the Western world, uh, a dirty bomb goes off somewhere, uh, Russia decides to invade someplace, uh, the Middle East uh, gets hot again in certain parts that are not yet hot. Maybe there's some more hot disputes between Saudi Arabia and Iran. We don't know. Maybe something between China and Japan. So you never know what's going to happen, or it could be a pandemic. What was the lesson of the last recession? Buy your own debt back at a discount. Organisms are algorithms. What you describe is, uh, let's say, AI uh, creates uh, or has a common good nature. How uh, can you avoid that AI at the end leads us not into a totalitarian state? Uh, you know, to me, the only way to solve some of these deeper issues is global multilateral frameworks. Uh, so to me, the kind of questions you're asking, you know, countries, we have to agree to demilitarize AI. And uh, I think that's, that's a common goal countries should work towards. No other way to solve it. 
Is the will of this government different than the recent and previous if governments? anything, I think the will of this government is even stronger to help clear the market sooner rather than later. But I think the world is divided into a very, very small group of people and institutions who understand what is happening and what is at stake. Some of the big corporations, like Google, like Facebook, the usual suspects, they understand what is at stake. Some governments, especially the Chinese government, I think they understand what is at stake. Uh, certainly most humans have no idea. When people think about data, they mostly think about where I go, what, what I buy. When they think about hacking, they think about computers. They forget the other side of the equation, which is the life sciences, the brain sciences. The brain sciences are giving us access to here. This is the real, the, what we really tried, we. What somebody is really trying to hack is this, not this. This is Canary Cry Radio. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio, episode number 126. My name is Gans. Basil is missing an action on this one. I believe he's not feeling too well, so prayers out to him. You know, there's many Christians around the world, especially America, who are woefully unaware of the impending technological breakthroughs that are about to radically shake up our civilization. And as an old millennial, I actually remember, and I think we're the last generation to know life before the internet and personal computing devices. And throughout my childhood, you know, at least for me, I witnessed massive changes in social behavior, economic dealings, medicine, education, entertainment, pretty much every sector of society change thanks to the advancements of science and technology. So the knowledge gap between prior generations is ours is pretty big, but it's nothing compared to what's coming. And uh, according to leading thinkers like Yuval Harari, professor of history at Hebrew University of Jerusalem, the future of the world economy isn't textile, but bodies, brains, and minds, as I have in this clip here. Within a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. These will be the main products of the economy, of the 21st century economy, not textiles and vehicles and weapons, but bodies and brains and minds. And this makes sense because as materialists, they see humanity as mere molecules in motion. You can really summarize 150 years of biological research since Charles Darwin in three words. Organisms are algorithms. Organisms are algorithms. Now, these clips were taken from the annual World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, where the kings of the earth literally walk around and talk about their plans for the future of humanity as they see fit, not really with our input. These developments aren't being conjured out of nowhere. The spiritual implications, as well as the very entities that these futurist technocrats think they're creating, have actually been here for centuries, if not a millennia. Their arrogance and pride is leading them to deceive mankind into not only building the infrastructure for these demonic entities to manifest, but also 
the very enslavement program for humanity itself. This bait-and-switch tactic began in the garden with the lie, ye shall be as gods, and it continues today. And all that being said, every Christian who studies the Bible should be able to discern or at least consider the strong possibility that these technological things that are happening, this revolution that we're witnessing, is highly prophetic. So you think more Christians and Christian journalists and news agencies would be out there in Davos, Switzerland, reporting on what these people are talking about. But no, there was only one Christian organization that was there, and that was True News and Rick Wiles and his team. Rick, thank you so much for being here on Canary Cry Radio. How are you doing? Hey, Gons, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's awesome to, to speak to you. I know I've been keeping track with everything you've been doing. Um, let's just jump right in. What was your experience like with Davos? What led you to even make it there? Um, well, we were invited by the White House. Uh, and this all came, this all happened very quickly. And, and I'll, I'll back up. Um, and the invitation you know, came about a week before Davos. So we had very little time to, to, uh, to get ready. But strangely enough, Gonza, Gonza, a week before the invitation arrived, I, I suddenly had this, this uh, inner awareness that I was supposed to pray for Jordan's King Abdullah. Hmm, right? And, and I, I don't even, I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, what is this, what is this uh, feeling I have that I'm supposed to pray for King Abdullah? I, you know, I don't, I don't think about King Abdullah, you know, and I don't, you know, I know, I know that he's the King of Jordan. I know that his father was King Hussein. You know, that's, that's as much as I know. And so, um, I, you know, I went, I went to the King's website. He's, you know, he has his own website and I, I read the official Jordanian uh, website for the King. And I, you know, I just started uh, seeing where he was at right now, you know, in, in the scheme of things. And I started praying for him. I, I began praying that I felt two things, pray that he would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and pray for his physical safety. Hmm. I, I felt like, I felt like he's, he's in danger that there are, there are forces behind the scenes that want to topple him and replace him, remove him. And, and if you want to talk about that later, we can, but that's a whole other subject sure. uh, concerning, concerning the Middle East. So then a, a week later, I, you know, we get this invitation from the White House. Uh, the White House invites you to travel with President Trump to Davos, Switzerland. And uh, I immediately you know, told our staff, yes, let's do it. Uh, this is, this is, <laughs> this is I, you know, I don't need to think about it. We're going to go. Right. And, and so we had, you know, we had to jump through a lot of uh, hoops to get the clearance. We had to get through. All of our people had to be um, cleared for security. Uh, we had to submit a lot of documentation mm -hmm. uh, to get clearance. So we did all that very quickly, and it all happened within about a week. So then I, I, I went to the website of the World Economic Forum, and I'm looking at who the speakers were going to be. And there's King Abdullah of Jordan. <laughs> of course. Now, this... This is so far out. A week ago, God's putting it in my heart, pray for King Abdullah. And then a week later, I'm invited to be at Davos, and he's going to be there. And um, I, so, you know, I didn't get to meet him personally. I saw him. Uh, I, I, you know, I saw him walking around in, in the room. 
Um, I saw him on stage. Uh, and, and interestingly, on stage, uh, during his interview, he gave an interview. He said, as a Muslim, he said, I believe, he goes, we believe in Jesus Christ and his mother Mary. Mm. I, I was, uh, and so the only person who publicly on stage at Davos acknowledged Jesus Christ was King Abdullah. Wow. Now that was far out. That is interesting. But I did get, you know, I did, I did see him. And, and what Davos is like, Don, is it, it's a very laid back, um, professional conference. Uh, it, it's, it's nothing, uh, it's, this is not, um, Bohemian it's not Grove. some mass. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no 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 human sacrifices right. taking place there. At least we didn't get invited to the sacrifice. <laughs> um, but I will tell you about a weird thing that that did happen off site, and I'll tell you about that if you remember to ask me about it. Um, uh, but it, you know, it's it, it. Davos is a very small uh, ski village. Um, it appeared to me that everybody leaves town. Mm. I mean, there was nobody there. It was a ghost town. And I don't know if the locals just get out of town because they don't want to deal with the, the crowd, you know, the Davos crowd. Right. Or, or maybe the Davos organizers literally pay them to leave. I don't know, but nobody's there. Wow, I mean, nobody's there. Yeah. And um, so they, they, they control the town. They own the town during that week. And, um, it's it's held at a, a you know it's on a small campus and there's there's a there's a, a a conference hall. This is nothing massive, you know, and you go inside and and you get inside guns and there are presidents and kings and prime ministers and billionaires walking around. Wow! And you you know it's it's do you know what Chatham House rules are? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. All right. Okay. So Chat Chatham House in London, um, the, the Royal Institute of uh, Foreign Affairs, that's the, that's the mothership of the CFR. Okay. And uh, so their, their headquarters is called Chatham House. And there's a saying that, you know, if you're there, it's Chatham House rules, mm. which means um, you, you, your behavior needs to be governed by Chatham House rules. Okay. So, so uh, it, it, at Davos, it's it's kind of you know Davos rules. Right. You're inside. Okay. We we were invited in as media traveling with the White House, and um, and so there there are rules. You're, we're, you know, obviously, we're not a king, a prime minister, a president, or a billionaire, right? Or or a corporate CEO, and and so you're allowed to you're allowed to mingle. You're allowed to walk around as long as you act cool. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, Alex Jones would not be. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what, what, what constitutes no, Alex cool? Would, but yeah, that right, makes sense. You, you're not going to get into somebody's face with a camera. Right. Okay. Or a, bull, or a bullhorn. You're not going to make a scene. Okay. Sure. Um, you, gotta, you just got to, you just blend in. Mm -hmm. And. You, you don't fawn over, uh, you don't walk up to a king and go, oh my gosh, you're a king. You know, what do kings do? You know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, if you're a king, does that mean you can, can you have a New York City pizza flown to your palace at 2 a.m.? <laughs> you, you don't, 
you don't you don't act like that you know you don't take pictures you don't put cameras in their faces you, right. you don't you just you just hang out all right and it was it was very surreal John it was surreal because you I, you know I remember you know one time I just looked up and I'm standing beside Bill Gates <laughs> wow you know and you know another time you you know I'm standing beside um, King Philippe or uh, one time, I, I I just looked up and I mean I, I'm standing at this uh, uh it was a bar you know where they're normally serving drinks but they're ser- they were serving sandwiches there and and I went over there and I thought wow you know I've been here a couple of days and I didn't know they had food <laughs> I've been starving <laughs> and and so I went over there and I'm I'm standing there looking at the sandwiches and I'm holding my phone and I'm sending some text messages and I looked up and Benjamin Netanyahu was standing next to me. <laughs> You know, and I, I will tell you, uh, and I broke the rules. I, I, I discreetly turned my camera on and um, recorded uh, Mr. Netanyahu standing there. I, what you know, I probably could have gotten in trouble for doing it, but uh, I, I did it very discreetly. You know, and and uh, you know, he was just chatting with people, saying hello. Uh, but that's what it's like. It's just uh, you know, uh, George Soros was there. I didn't get to see him. Ooh. Uh, content providers also contribute uh, to the profitability of social media companies because uh, they they can't avoid using the platform and they have to accept whatever terms they are offered. Uh, I was going to say, that, that yeah. one might have been hard to hold back, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. That one I probably, that I'm glad I didn't see him. Um, <laughs> I, I would have uh, used my barf bag, <laughs> and you know, um, Richard Branson was there. Um, Justin Trudeau, Canada. Oh boy, uh, Angela Angela Merkel. Um, there, there was one time I was uh, I was just hanging out, standing there in the hallway, and uh, I, I looked beside me, and David Cameron of, of Great Britain was next to me. Um, is, is it Al Gore was? Al Gore was there walking around. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's kind of like being in a, uh, I don't want to say a cocktail party because I didn't, nobody was drinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of like being in a, you know, a, a upper level cocktail party, right? you know, where everybody's just kind of walking around, hanging out, chatting and talking. And then, and then they have sessions, and you know when the sessions start, people go into meetings, and they have large sessions where you know there may be a, you know everybody's there, and then they have a very small intimate sessions where you know twenty, thirty, forty people, yeah, are are in, and there may be a panel of people talking about. Um, well, there was one session like I couldn't get in; huh. they wouldn't let me in. And that was universal digital identity. Ooh. <laughs> I wanted in really bad, but they, they said no. They said I wasn't, I didn't have access. Right. And, uh, and I, you know, I got to tell you this, guys, but our, this was <laughs> what was really cool about this uh, was that our badge, our, our badge did not come from, that, from World Economic Forum. It came from the White House. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, literally the state, uh, literally the, uh, you know, it it was the state department, U S state department. 
So almost and, like a target. And I didn't realize this. <laughs> yeah, so th- my badge said uh, Richard Wiles traveling with Donald J. Trump. Oh, it actually had his name and Trump's yes. name on there. Yes. It'd make it even more. Okay. And, and, and so, uh, you know, several people, several of the Davos uh, World Economic Forum employees, I'm talking about like, uh, you know, kind of uh, information uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, they when I would ask a question, they, they looked at my badge and they said, um, they said, uh, oh, you, do, you don't have a regular press uh, badge. You have your badge. Your badge is that you are traveling with a head of state. Mm, interesting. So as yes, so, and so it, you that can works. get into the, the the building, but you can't get into the rooms or particular rooms. Some rooms were closed to me. Okay, and but as far as as far as the Davos attendants, when they saw our badges. They saw us as traveling with President Trump. Okay. And so that, that cut two ways. Uh, it, it, it got some stairs, mm. but it also, it also opened doors. Oh, sure, yeah. Having that dialogue. So, I, yeah. So, I, I mean, we were very, very grateful to President Trump and the White House for inviting us. I don't know how it happened. I honestly don't. I have no idea why the white house reached out to us i was so grateful and and excited and i, and I gotta tell you that you know it, this you, you may laugh at this but i mean despite all the kings and prime ministers and presidents and billionaires that we saw that didn't phase me i wasn't i wasn't wild or you know knocked on the floor by oh wow there's a king you know there's there's a president mm. I'll tell you what got me is when we walked into the White House press briefing room and the tables were there and on the tables were were the the name signs and I and there's CNN, Fox News, BBC, <laughs> Wall Street Journal and and then True News. Wow. Yeah, I, I kind of want to applaud you. I wish I had an applause sound effect because I would, I would, yeah, crowd noise or something. Gons, I got to tell you that one, that one got to me. That one, I, I sat down at the table behind the True News sign, and I just sat there for about fifteen minutes, and I didn't say anything. Uh, there wasn't anything going on up at the at the front. Was the podium with the white house seal on it Mm. and you know and i saw some you know very famous uh uh, television news reporters and uh, correspondents walking around but i i just sat there thinking it's been almost 20 years and uh, you know just a few years ago i i was broadcasting true news as a podcast from a horse barn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, what has God done? This is the Lord's favor. I didn't do this. This is the Lord's favor. Amen. Yeah. And so th- that was, that was the moment for me that, that, that meant more to me than anything else. Yeah. And, and I would imagine being around so many, you know, 
kings and all these billionaires, it, it sort of humanizes them, I would imagine. If you're in a room with them, it's like, oh, these people are just people. You know, it's really not yeah, any well, different. Um, but then you start getting well, you into may. some of their philosophies, their worldviews, and then you're right. like, oh, okay, their ideas have massive ripple effects into society. So yes, they do have a lot of power Absolutely. and influence. Uh, but and you know people. what? You know what? They go to the restroom too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you could you, you could be in a restroom standing next to a king. <laughs> it must have been an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting bathroom breaks there. <laughs> yes, yes. World Economic right, Forum. Yes. You don't think about that, but that's a uh, definitely a a thing. That's that's true. They're real. <laughs> They're people. They are people. And and you know what? As a Christian, well. We need to pray for these people. Amen. You know, I, I got, I got um, not from a lot of people, but, you know, I did get some flack from some people who, who were offended that I said I was praying for King Abdullah. And they were like, well, he's a Muslim. You know, he's, he's you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, is. Kind of point. I'm praying for him. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm praying for him. I, I'm praying for his safety. I'm praying for him to have wisdom as the king of Jordan. You know, there are Christians living in Jordan. Yeah. I want the king to I want the king to have wisdom. Mm-hmm. I want the king to to protect the Christians in Jordan. I want the king to come to fully know Jesus. And when he said on stage that he believed in Jesus Christ, and he said, and in his virgin mother, I'm like, wow, here's the king of a Muslim country openly telling all these other powerful people that he believed in Jesus. And I thought, he's, he's inches away from salvation. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and, I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this, guys. We, we, are, we are requesting a, an interview with King Abdullah. Oh, cool. In his, in his palace in Oman. Oh, wow. And his, his, his palace staff has been very, very... Uh, polite and receptive to the idea. Oh, cool. Very cool. We'll be praying for, for that to happen. That would be incredible. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of those philosophies and worldviews that you did come across, because mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, that, that's where we have to really have the conversation. And, and, you know, this is a spiritual war. We're battling against principalities and powers, not flesh and blood. And this, this is a perfect example of that, this entire conversation, uh, because, you know, you saw these people, flesh and blood, but it's not really, you know, it's not necessarily like take that person out and then everything gets better, uh, except maybe George Soros. Uh, there's an argument there for Soros, but otherwise, uh, they are human beings. And um, this is where we have to have the conversation. The ideas that they are pushing forward, they are troubling, I think. <laughs> I think for anybody, uh, yes. not just people who are looking at the fringes of, you know, Bible prophecy and all these things. But really, anybody, any any reasonable human being should be a little bit concerned about some of the things that were mentioned on stage. Uh, I played the clip um, from uh, Yuval Harari just because when you guys played it on your episode, when you reported, uh, it struck me. I mean, you guys were spot on with yeah. that analysis, um, and we'll leave links to that in the description. But uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty profound statement that humanity is going to basically split um, in the same way that, uh, you know, social and economic uh, stratification occurred in in previous revolutions. This one's going to do the same, but create uh, effectively verifying this idea of a breakaway civilization, a new type of human species. Um, what are what are some of the things you heard that are troubling 
plans that they have in the works. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Professor Harari's presentation was the most troubling, without a doubt. Okay. And, and the audience was hushed. Oh, wow. They were hushed. He shocked them. Now, I, I did observe there were some people in the audience who had, um, you know, a grin on their face, kind of nodding, yes, yes, this is, you know, <laughs> oh, this is exciting, you know. But I would say the overwhelming majority of the people there were shocked. Mm. So don't think that, that these globalists, when they meet <laughs> in these meetings, are like, you know, rubbing their hands <laughs> and glee, going, oh, yeah, we're going to destroy humanity. No, it's not like that. It, that, that's not what I observed, you know, and I came out of this, you know, telling my staff, I said, you know, well, globalists are people too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they need Jesus. And, and, and quite frankly, they're very likable people. I, you know, sure. Yeah. They probably I, didn't get to they where were, they were without any, uh, without some charisma and. Yeah. Know. They're very likable. They're very likable. I, I, we were treated with respect and, and, and they're very likable people. They're just people. Right. But they have, they have, they have um, a, a different worldview. Now, on the political side, what we heard over and over and over was globalism is good. Mm-hmm. Nationalism is bad. Right. right. All right. Uh, Angela Merkel said populism is poison. Wow. I right. to be pretty explicit right. about it then. Yes. You know, so, so you know, over and over and over, they said... Uh, Globalism is good, nationalism is bad, populism is poison, and Donald Trump is the skunk in the party. And there was, there was a strong anti-Trump attitude and atmosphere among the politicians, among the politicians. And I'm talking about Angela Merkel, um, uh, Theresa May. Trudeau, probably. Uh, Trudeau, they, they all took us, everybody took a swipe at President Trump, all of them on stage. They all got in a dig. They all cut at him. They all, they all put in a jab at President Trump. But guess what? When he showed up, he showed up on Thursday and he spoke on Friday. When he showed up on Thursday, all those kings and prime ministers and presidents faded away. You couldn't even find them. And the only person that people were trying to see was President Donald Trump. And I made a point when President Trump came into the room and I was, I was fortunate to be standing there uh, and capture the, the moment he walked in on my phone. Wow. And, and, and so the whole place was hushed. Everybody was rubbernecking. They're, they had stretched their necks out about five feet trying to see him. And after he went up the steps, I said very loudly, I wanted everybody to hear it. I said, well, you all made a big commotion about the guy you hate. (laughs) (laughs) And I got, I got some smiles. I got some nods and and I got some stares, you know, (laughs) you just put your name on a list. Yeah. I thought, you know what? Cause it really offended me. I mean, this anti-American anti-Trump, attitude that i heard for days and then suddenly the president's there and they're they're all acting like a rock star showed up <laughs> i thought where where's all these prime ministers where's all these kings all right where are they all right they 
they all went to their rooms because they knew that the big dog was in town and they weren't going to get any attention. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know? I, I mean, it seems like, and you know, I've, I've been, I've been more supportive of president Trump than not. I do have some concerns, obviously with any president you know, we can't just like put all our trust in, in a president. He's not the savior. Um, but I do find it very interesting. Do you think that this is a just a natural thing that has occurred where, you know, these globalists have a plan and then, you know, the the idea of a nation trying to uphold its values is is seen as a negative thing and Trump represents that? Or do you think it's kind of a Oh, absolutely. No, no. Listen, he he has interrupted their agenda. And I can you have to you have to conclude that Almighty God raised up Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, I am convinced that God raised up Donald Trump to interrupt their agenda and to set it back. Nice. He is, a, he is an answer to our prayers to slow down the global agenda. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Be, yeah. Because I'm telling you, they despise him. They resent him. And and it and what what they really despise and resent are the people who voted for him, right? Because they thought they crushed nationalism. They thought that they eradicated it with propaganda, and and it's back. Yeah, and, and to be fair, the loudest people, uh, you know, were the the people who were you know. Uh, in line with the sort of, uh, I guess you can call it the liberal or progressive or democratic, whatever label you want to put it, they were the loudest people during the eight years of Obama. And it seems yeah. like uh, the rest of the country was just kind of, you know, just waiting, praying <laughs> that maybe yes. things would change. And, and that's what happened. It, it's really, right. it really is, uh, we live in such fascinating times. I've, I can't help but, but think about the level of psychological manipulation that has become public. And anybody yes. who's sitting there objectively looking at how the public is manipulated will see that, that we are living in this time where propaganda is out of control. Uh, you, it's, it's incredible to me that you had your true news station there uh, amidst, you know, literally <laughs> amidst the wolves. I don't know. Did you have a sense of looking at some of those reporters from CNN and, and, you know, maybe they weren't like the well-known ones, but was there anything? Oh no! That, some of the well, some of the well-known ones were there. Were there? Okay. Yes. But was there yes. any sense of, uh, you know, just? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have the type of discernment well, no. that that my wife has, where she can look at somebody, <laughs> look at someone, and and you know, she has that intercessor thing. Uh, but did you have any sense there with some of those reporters? Because I, I would imagine. I mean, this is just my personal thing, but when I watch certain people on the air, news reporters, I just, I, I mean, and maybe it's just because of the time we're living in, but I get a, such a horrible feeling in my gut and I, I can't even really watch it, you know, for too long because right. it's just so disturbing to me that, that they just flat out stare into the camera, look right you in the and eye lie. and lie. Yeah. It's just amazing to and me. Lie. So I know, well, you know, nobody spat on us, uh, uh, among the media. Um, the only uncomfortable time was when we was on Friday during President Trump's uh, speech to the entire event. And uh, we were seated in the press pool. So we're, I call it um, the snake pit. And, and they literally hissed. I'm not kidding you. We recorded it. They hissed when President Trump mentioned the news media. They, <laughs> they hissed 
They hissed like snakes. <laughs> I got to get that audio. And it wasn't until I became a politician that I realized how nasty, how mean, how uh, vicious, and how fake the press can be as the cameras start going off in the back. <laughs> but, but overall... Oh, we have it. Listen, they, the, 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 the official um, video from the World Economic Forum, they, they edited out the hissing. Wow. But we, but we recorded it. And they, and I'm not, I, I'm not exaggerating. They, they hissed like snakes, and we're sitting around them. Oh, that is bizarre. You know, and, and and when one of the, uh, when it was over, uh, I don't know who it was. There was a reporter. Uh, there were, of course, I'm surrounded by reporters. There was a woman behind me, and I heard her say to another reporter, and she, in a very disappointed tone, she goes, "Well." Uh, we didn't get anything crazy out of this. They were expecting President Trump to say something crazy. They, that's what they wanted to run oh, with. I see. And he was very professional, very presidential. And they were disappointed. <laughs> They're waiting for him to, to, to make some of the comments that have been reported that he said. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. just a perception thing, right? It, these people have right. a perception of him. They have these expectations. And then, you know, when he's... Uh, diplomatic and cordial. They're like, oh, what the heck? Why isn't he? That's right. <laughs> why isn't he being racist? <laughs> yeah, but you so know, going going back to going back to the agenda, what was there? Uh, you know, there were there were sessions like the ones I you know I, I mentioned to you, uh, uh, universal digital identity, which we couldn't get in, but right. I I do know who I I know who was on the panel, uh, and I was surprised uh, some of the people that were on the panel, but that gives me an a clue to what industries are involved in this uh, process. Could hmm. um, you share some of that uh, with us? Uh, no, okay. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. You know, uh, because because I'm going to some of their meetings. Oh, I see. Yes, <laughs> so, you have to protect your sources. I, yeah, and and, and so uh, and then there were um, there were sessions about robotics. Of and course. now this okay. Now this is interesting. There were, I, I attended a session on robotics, and there was a young MIT professor who spoke, uh, extremely intelligent young man. And I was, I was, you know, I just was fascinated by his presentation. And so when it was over, I, I got a chance to talk to him. And I told him that I had been in Hong Kong last year at the RISE conference in which Sophia, the robot, debated Hans, the robot, and that this was this was billed by the news media as the first debate between two humanoid robots. Yeah. Okay. Now, Gonzo, I was okay. I was like in row four from the stage. I I was dumbfounded. I'm sitting there in Hong Kong. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. You know, these two robots are right in front of me. You know, I could I could hit them with a spitwad. I mean, it, it was like they're, uh, yeah. You know, and so, and 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 so when I when I left, you know, when I was sitting there last year in in Hong Kong watching it, I was freaked out by it. But when I got back to my hotel room, I started thinking about. It. I go, that was fake. That was that was scripted. That was programmed. Those robots were not debating. Mm. 
if I would have taken that um, Hanson robot, uh, Hanson Robotics engineer, like a, he was like this uh, uh, hate Ashbury hippie right, from the <laughs> 1960s. I'm serious, all right? And if I would have taken him off the stage and tied him up somewhere, I bet those robots could not have talked. <laughs> so it's, it's a big Wizard of Oz. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Big okay. robot show. Yes, but that, that story went worldwide. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so I asked this MIT professor. I told him what, I saw it. And I said, I don't believe it's true. Oh. And he, and he said, it isn't. Okay, now look. I said, I said, what did you just say? I said, he goes, no, they're not talking. He said, they're not, they're not. That wasn't real. And I said, why did they do it? And he said, why does CNN broadcast fake news? Oh, wow. Interesting response. <laughs> this is from an MIT professor. Yeah. And I said, "Why? You tell me. Why do they do it?" He says, "Because people, people want to hear it. They're attracted to it. It sells. It, it, it sells advertising." I said, "But why was Hanson Robotics telling everybody at the Rise Conference in Hong Kong that this is real? That these two robots. This is the first time in the history of the world that two robots have interacted and debated each other." I said, "You're telling me." Robotics has not reached a level of artificial intelligence for that to happen. He goes, no, it has. It's not. We're not close to it. He said, we're still working on how to make the hands work. I think a lot of it would have to do with probably just simple algorithms uh, where certain keywords um, can trigger different answers yes. and stuff like that. And they have a huge yes. database of, of information and, and, you know, they can pull it up kind of like how Alexa or Siri or yes. any of that stuff does. So it's not really or, that revolutionary. Or God, there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. They want the human race to believe that artificial intelligence is advancing so fast, so far, that we've entered the age when robots are talking to each other. Mm, very interesting. Or, 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 I have another, uh, this is a... <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not proposing this because I don't want Hanson Robotics to sue me. <laughs> but, We've said worse things I, I, on, the, on Canary Cry Radio airwaves, so go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, I'll just say, I, I won't say that it's Hanson Robotics. I'll just say uh, we'll just have an imaginary corporation. Let's say, um, you know, Rick's ABC Robotics. Robo yeah, Rick's Robotics Corporation. Well, what if, what if I needed... What if I needed $10 million of new investment money to keep the corporation running and make payroll? Roll out the talking robots. Yeah, <laughs> bring out the talking robots. That'd get millionaires to put money into the company. I, I'm, I'm just saying that's a you know, far-fetched scenario, but um, don't, believe, don't believe everything you're reading about the technology. I, I, asked, I, I asked that MIT professor, I said, how far are we? He goes, he goes, and look, he goes, he says, look, I'm not ruling out that there's going to be a breakthrough that is announced tomorrow that none of us know about. That's always possible. But he said, I don't see this kind of stuff for 15, 20 years. Which isn't that long. 
<laughs> 15, 20 years isn't no. a terribly long time. Uh, but yeah, they're, no, they're, jump, they're putting I, the cart before, before the horse, it seems a little bit. Right. Yes. Um, but you know, it is, is it interesting? Uh, some of the uh, sound clips, listeners to Canary Cry News Talk are familiar. I have a couple sound clips of um, some robots, just real small snippets that, that I just find hilarious. Um, this is uh, the Philip K. Dick robot. They got Philip K. Dick's books and, and his memorabilia and whatnot, and they created a, a robot of him after he passed. And this is one of his clips. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. That's, I mean, come on. Somebody, somebody put that in there to mess yes. with us to, to try to think about it. Yes. You know? So, yeah, right. I, you know, it, it really reminds me, and, and I kind of want to steer it in the direction also of, of biblical prophecy, some of your theories on that, because... To me, it's it's so obvious that when you talk about the image of the beast in Revelation 13, I, I see it as, look, the Bible throughout um, talks about how images, they don't have breath, they're not real, you know, you're worshiping stone and wood and all this stuff. But then in Revelation 13, this thing happens where the image speaks, it's given breath, uh, the appearance of life, and it kind of seems like this AI robot talking thing would fit the bill. Not that, you know, it's, it's the exact fulfillment, but man, it's just so uh, interesting yes. how those passages from such a long time ago resonate so much uh, with, with what we're seeing today. What are your thoughts on some of the prophetic nature of where we're at? Oh, I think you're right on. I, there's no doubt in my mind this is where we're going, that, that uh, this uh, global brain that's being developed is, is artificial intelligence. You know, the Bible says that uh, the dragon gives its power to the beast. The beast is the system. Right. But the, but the people worship the image of the beast. Yeah. And, 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 and so I think this AI, global brain, artificial intelligence God, I believe this is what people are going to be worshiping. They're going to be worshiping the image of this beast they will become, they will conform to the image of the beast. They will become like the beast. Right. Abandoning the image of God and, and replacing it with the image of the beast, which I've often, I've theorized many, many times on, um, on my YouTube channel and on Canary Cry Radio and Newstalk uh, that, that that's part of it. That the reason why there's no salvation for the people who take the mark, who take uh, or worship the image is because they abandon their humanity. And, and that concept, yeah. I think, you know, it sounds crazy. It's like, oh, it's science fiction. It's nonsense. But for the first time in known recorded history, we are at a, at a point where we can tinker with that stuff, with our genetics, with our biology, yes. uh, and all these robots and AI. And, and, and I think even the, the concept of a global brain is even more tangible than necessarily than, and then necessarily, you know, like an AI or a robot, a, a sentient, uh, you know, living uh, inanimate object or whatever, uh, because that includes humans, and the technology is already here for that to, to take to take place. Uh, Dick Pelletier, who is a futurist, he's a he's an atheist, materialist, but he I've quoted him in documentaries and stuff. But he basically said that uh, each human being uh, is already basically a node in the human or the uh, in the global brain system. The internet are the synapses and it's the same thing we are sending electrical signals to each other uh via this network and so we're actually operating kind of like a brain already which is uh kind of frightening when you, <laughs> when you think about what, what yes, are we doing <laughs> to ourselves um so yeah ha I, have you have you read professor harari's book uh 
Homo Deus. I have not, but uh, I can only Ooh. imagine what you need to uh, get it. stuff is in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to get that one. Homo Deus, D-E-U-S, Homo Deus. Um, you know, he's an atheist. Uh, and he said at Davos, um, there, there is, uh, there is no God in the clouds. Right. And he said, he said, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, we are our gods. We, and, and, and we are in the cloud, the, the Apple cloud, the, cloud the IBM cloud. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And he sincerely believes it. And, and so, you know, I, Think about this. He's predicting that in the near future, there will be creatures that are um, not fully human. Now, you know, just uh, over the weekend, there was a story reported about, um, what was it, a, 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 a hybrid sheep and human right. yeah, uh, creature? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's saying that, that the earth is going to be populated by human-like creatures that are not human. Okay, so can they be saved? That's going to be the the question. And, and oh, man, I I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think, think so, so either. I don't think so either. I think we're living in the days of but, Noah, <laughs> quite literally. But if they're not, but will they have souls? And my answer, my view is no. They won't have souls. They will be soulless. You know, and that's going to be a really interesting thing because again. Those of us who've looked at Genesis 6, the, the story of the Nephilim, and, and what happened, why it happened, why God flooded the earth, um, th- this, this is why. <laughs> right? I mean, this, yes. this is why he flooded the earth. So, uh, yes. to, to suggest that um, you know, these creatures can be saved in the, is Jesus' uh, blood being the, the, you know, the, the point at which it can save you? No, because you are not human. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Are we being race, racist? I guess not racist. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. What would you call that? Speciesist? If we're, if we're doing <laughs> Speciesist. <that? laughs> uh, well, you know, now there's going to be a politically correct group is going oh, to rise sure. up. I'm sure. And part of the conversation <laughs> of the breakdown of gender and all that stuff, that's part of this whole thing, I think, to accept yeah. this sort of new species. Um, to uh, Why not? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, why not? I mean, if, if, if people can now make up genders, why can't they make up species? Yeah. Uh, once you go down this road, once you open up the door and go down this road, there's no, there's no end to it. Yeah. And that's where Satan, that's where Satan's taking humanity. Uh, th- there will be no end to it. You know, in, in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, there are three angels and these three angels have very specific assignments. They're all, all three are encircling the earth. They all have a message. The first angel is crying out to humanity, fear God, Mm. worship the creator. The second angel is crying out, Babylon has fallen. The third angel is crying out, do not receive the mark of a beast. Mm. Let's just start with the first angel. Fear God, worship the creator. I believe that creationism will be revived by the last day's remnant church. Mm. That, that we will insist you, you must worship the creator. He is the creator. Either you believe Genesis or you don't. Yeah. 
And, and, and the true church is going to be preaching creationism. Um, and, and when you say creationism, I don't think that has to be tied to a time scale. Um, you're talking more specifically as God being the creator of the universe, correct? You're not no, talking I believe, about a human no, I believe, creationist? No. Yes. Yes. It's exactly what the Bible says. Okay. We, we have to return. There can be no gray area. We have to return to Genesis. This is what the Word says. And, and there's too much gray area. Too many people uh, say, well, I think it means this. No, it means what it says. Mm. All right? And this is going to be a defining uh, message for the end-time church. Because the, the, the world is going to be claiming that it is a creator. That's true. That's kind of what monistic uh, thought is all about. The whole we are one. Um, it's moving towards this idea that we are the creators and we are gods and it's all the same spiel. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, it's very, it's, I think it's interesting that you bring that up. What are some other, uh, what you think would, are going to be some core doctrines for um, the end times church? Uh, well, that could get us into a lot of <laughs> Sorry, trouble. that was kind of a big question. <laughs> yeah, I, I only asked okay, it because yeah, I was, let's, let's, it was interesting let's save to me. That. Let, let's save that for another, uh, we'll save that okay. for another interview. But I, I, I think uh, it, Christians are going to have to return to the first century. Mm, interesting. To, to, know how the, to know the last century, you're going to have to understand the first century church. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. And, and so it's a lot, most, most of what people are doing and believing and thinking is Christianity is going to get tossed out the window. Yeah. Well, let me ask you uh, this. You know, uh, I know we're running close to, to the end here. Um, so just to wrap it up, um, I wanted to ask you how you think Christians should operate in the next, um, you know, the fourth industrial revolution. There's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of technology that's going to uh, benefit people, but also, you know, obviously um, not so beneficial, more of the uh, uh, entertained to death or distracted to death sort of mindset. But what, how do you think Christians should sort of handle these changes that are uh, going to be taking place in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Uh, I don't think we should resist it. We, we should not be Luddites. I don't want to be an Amish. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be living in a museum. I don't want people coming to a zoo <laughs> to see uh, Christians that don't use technology. Right. Uh, at the same time, we need to be extremely aware that uh, humanity is racing to the end and uh, that we're, we're going to see and experience things that no other generation has ever experienced. Yeah. We, we, we need to use the technology uh, whenever and however it can be used for good for the gospel. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> I, I'm telling our staff, look, we're going into VR, but we, you know, we're, we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have VR churches. We're gonna have VR um, Bible teachers. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna go we're gonna go where the people are, are at. If they're at, if ten years from now, if if hundreds of millions of people are dwelling in virtual reality, then that's where we're going. Because Jesus said to go into all the world, yeah. and there will be a virtual world. I heard it. I heard a speaker in in Shanghai last year uh, say that that humanity will be living in 100 square meter, 100 square foot micro apartments. Yeah. 
living in virtual reality. Well, I'm like, well, what's the point in living? Yeah. Okay. At what point do they just disconnect you as a useless eater? Okay. So look, we've got to go into virtual reality and, and reach the people who are there and, and tell them about the Lord. I, look, God, I think, I think Satan will, will set up VR, a VR religion that, that, that imitates Christianity. Yeah. I, I believe it will, it will look and sound and feel so much like Christianity that if it were possible for the elect to be deceived, that they'll be deceived. I think, I think people are going to be, ha- they're going to have come to Satan meetings. Wow. But he's not going to be, they're not going to say Satan. Yeah. There, there is going to be a God. There is going to be an AI God. And they're going to be, they're going to have evangelists. They're going to have Bible teachers for their Bible. They're going to, they're going to introduce their AI God to people. They're going to say, come, let invite him or invite it into your heart. And people are going to get demon possessed in virtual reality. Wow. And they're going to think they're going to think it's a born again experience. They're going to tell their friends, "Oh wow, I actually felt it. It I felt it come into me. It's real. You got to go with me in the VR and experience it." I this is where we're going with it. And the Christians are going to have to be in virtual reality proclaiming the truth. We're going to have to engage people and 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 tell them the truth and introduce them to the real Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and it's it's the knowledge of the truth too. It, it is going to become so important because, you know, we're so swayed by how we feel about things these days, especially even within the church. There's a lot of people looking for an experience to feel something, and certainly there are, you know, those those moments, of course. Um, but that grows with your relationship with the Lord, and it's not something that um, you should seek to confirm uh, the truth of the gospel. Um, but I mean, I know right. some people do, and some people find you know the, the Lord through that, so that's good. But I think that's a dangerous sort of a, a gauging method if you're going to be you know going into virtual reality and you're basing it off of feelings. Um, it's going to be important to know the truth. The, the Bible does say Hosea four six, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of the truth. So I think that's going to become um, more and more important. Yes. No, no, no. I'm just you know we should use the technology. Uh, don't don't fear it. Um, but uh, don't don't worship it. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm I'm not, I'm not going I'm not going to oppose uh, driverless cars. You know what? If they get it down, I, it's, it's okay with me. I'll sit in the back seat and and work. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a nap. I, I'm not going to. It's not a big deal to me. I, I, my my passion is to go into all the world with the gospel. Right. And 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 so I'm not going to get hung up over changes in technology uh it's going to come at a a stunning rate i think people are going to be shocked at how fast our our daily life is transformed over the next 10 to 15 years and and it's 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 going to hit people so fast that you know some are not going to be able to cope with it um others are going to try to stop it slow it down but man my view is run with it Run with it and take the gospel to as many places as you can go. Use all the tools that, that are available and, um, you know, tell people that Christ is coming because this, this world is racing. I mean, it is, it's got the pedal to the metal. It is heading to the end. 
and most people don't know it and they need to be told what's coming. Yeah. And, and you know, the Matthew 24, I believe talks about how the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So certainly uh, every, even within virtual realities, there will you know probably be a lot of people proclaiming the gospel. And in fact, we actually reported a couple weeks ago on a gentleman who is uh, who started a VR church and he's got like a, he's got his family on the move and he's um, yeah. going around doing the virtual yeah, church thing. So uh, yeah, I know him. He's in fact, he's, uh, he's coming over here for a visit in a few oh, days. There you go. Yeah. We were trying to, we were yeah. thinking about trying to reach out to him to, to get an interview. So there you go. You beat us to the punch, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be important for us to, and people like yourself at true news and the team there, you guys are, are on the forefront here of, um, I think, you know, being a place where as these changes take place, people can turn to and say, okay, well, what, who is a grounded Christian talking about this? Um, and, you know, there you go. You got true news there. You got other places uh, that are on top of it. But I think it's really important because most your your weekend churches, they're not going to necessarily dig into this kind of stuff. They might bring it up every once in a while as sort of a side thing, but they're not going to dig into the to the to the weeds and really look at where things are headed, how it might be prophetic. They don't even know it. They don't even know it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty sad situation. Um, so yeah, I think it's important for us to to create safe havens, if you will. You want to um, use their term, a, a safe space. <laughs> things begin to happen, they can go online or, or look for, you know, ministries that are talking about this stuff and um, are using it, but using it responsibly, promoting those ideas. So uh, I think you're spot on, Rick. I think you're doing a wonderful job there. Congratulations to, to all your success over there and, and the team. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time here. Where can people uh, dig into all the stuff you guys got going on over there at True News? Well, of course, the, the website, truenews.com. And, uh, you know, they can... Um, they can watch uh, the program there, and we're we're doing more technology reports, and we're actually going to be uh, uh, releasing a, a a a technology program in the near future. Nice. And uh, and and listen, we're we're looking for technology correspondents. If, if there's anybody in your audience, and this stuff really excites you as a Christian, uh, we're looking for technology correspondents who will go. Uh, to these technology conferences uh, and report from them and write articles and you know I mean we haven't talked about blockchain and cryptocurrency. Uh, I wanted we to bring it up, about, but I, I, we don't have time. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we haven't talked about synthetic biology. Yeah. There's another one. I mean, there's just so many things that we could talk about, and we we're looking for uh, uh, solid Christians that that would like to be a technology a Christian technology correspondent wow. and. So if there's ever conferences you know, out here. I can definitely volunteer myself as long as uh, oh, get a yeah, babysitter yeah, or something. You, <laughs> um, but I know there's stuff out here all the time. So uh, there is, and we've we we've, we've got there are several that we're we're attending uh, in California this year uh, in Silicon Valley, and um, but there's stuff all over the world. We we could have somebody at a conference every week in some part of the world if we if we had you know the money and the people to attend everything, right? Uh, and, and I'm saying that because I want I want people to understand that this stuff is in motion now. The world is not just dreaming about it. They're doing it. Yeah. And once you see how many conferences are being held worldwide on these topics, that's when the realization hits you that this thing is on. 
It's happening. Nothing's slowing it down. I mean, the only thing that could, the only person that could slow it down is God. I mean, God could throw a monkey wrench into this thing and set them back fifty years. Right. But but I don't know if he is. I you know I th- I think I think we're we're off to the races and we're we're headed towards the climax of of the human race on planet Earth. Wow. Well, it's a good thing we know the Lord because uh, things could get ugly otherwise, huh? <laughs> That's yeah. Well, it's going to get weird. Let me tell you, it's going to get really weird. Yeah. Before Christ comes back, <laughs> I think. God, I, I I think the the Christians who you know have gone on uh, to eternity before us, I, I think the one thing they're going to ask us when this is all over is how weird did it get at the end? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's already pretty weird compared to most uh, what most people experience throughout history. We're that's right. It's not even a. They, they, we couldn't even relate to the people that lived uh, throughout no. most of history because of uh, the things that no. are around us. But uh, uh, no. but yes, Rick, thank you so much. I appreciate yes, your sir. time. Hopefully, we can do this again. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. Take care. Wow, what an awesome conversation and guns. Well done, buddy. Thank you. Uh, it was good. It was really great to connect with Rick Wiles and the whole team over there at True News. They're doing a really good job. And uh, the Lord moved. They got to Davos, and it was really uh, interesting to hear all the things they experienced. And uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be a, a vital thing for us to engage in this sort of way where we're literally on, you can call it, enemy territory representing the truth. Um, th- those types of bold declarations will become more important as time goes on. So, uh, we look to Rick Wiles to continue to, you know, lead the way in that regard. Does this mean we're big time now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. A hesitant, um, all right. Well, well, I, well Rick, someday. Rick is big time. Rick is big time. I mean, no, obviously, I know you that. heard the, you heard the conversation. You got Trump, you know, well, this is probably as close as we're going to get to, to, you know, Trump and all that. The That's whole, what I'm saying. The whole wagon over there. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're big time now. Thanks, True News. We're big time now. <laughs> you were riding the coattails. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to go over to facebook.com slash canary cry community. It is an awesome, rapidly growing community of canarians from all around the world getting together. It's every day that just the engine of conversation happening in that group is uh, is happening at a feverish pace. So you don't want to miss out. Go join at facebook.com slash canary cry community. And while you're at it, surfing around on the web, doing your web website browsing, why don't you head over to iTunes or whatever your podcast app is and leave a rating and a review. And if your rating and a review is inspiring to me, <laughs> we might uh, we might start reading it on the air. Um, maybe you just even put a little disclaimer in the review saying, I give Basil express permission to read this review on the air. That way it can clear my conscience. Is there a limit to the number of texts and words? I don't think there is, is there? Yeah, there is. I mean, it's it's big. You can leave a pretty big review. You can tell us all about what you thought. (laughs) All right. Um, Ooh, hi, dog. 
after you do that, go check out Canary Cry News Talk, the uh, awesome weekly show available to everybody, but especially for you Canarians out there. It is exactly what you're looking for, let me tell you. I know you get a little bit jaded, you get a little bit bogged down by all the news going on, but I can let you know we search for news that you may not have heard, but has dire consequences in your life, or maybe not, but we talk about robots a lot, so it's it's a lot of good robot stuff. We're, per- we're preparing your minds and hearts for what's about to hit us. It's a robot uh, unleashing upon civilization. I mean, that is a small part of what we're doing, is talking <laughs> just, about just, robots. Just one of many things we do at Brand New Stock. Yes. Um, also, we still got our red bubble over there. Keep an eye out over there. We're uh, currently working with some awesome volunteers, uh, design graphics people who uh, have volunteered their time and energy to put together some Canary Cry radio merchandise or, or designs. Really, all you got to do is put together design. Ooh. And if you're a designer out there or an artist, why don't you send something over to us? CanaryCryRadio at gmail.com and uh, we can slap it up there on the old red bubble is a good way to support your buddies basil and guns and uh have your artwork available to rep your favorite podcast yeah yeah it's good all right anything else guns uh i don't think so other than oh. we have uh another episode coming out soon yes thanks for listening to this episode of canary cry radio make sure to tune in next week but until then Think outside the cage. Jackson's line. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can maybe play on that. When I, when I, when I, when I. Just put a big fart noise.
or I can I'll I'll do the scene from Jurassic Park. Yeah. That was my T-Rex noise. <laughs>